And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Dr. David Bratt, Dean School of Business, Liberty University. And Dr. Bratt, it's great to have you with us. Hey, Dan. Great to be on. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, the other day I saw you on a TV show. It was a news type of a program interview, and uh, I was impressed. And it was the first time I even knew you were out there, uh, Dr. Bratt. Um, Tell us just a little bit about your dean of this School of Business at Liberty University. Yep. Uh, Your discipline is in economics as well as divinity and history of thought. Tell us a little bit about your area there. Yeah, well, the area is just kind of my biography. I I studied business in college and worked in business a little bit and then went to Princeton Seminary and went down on a uh, semester uh, in the God Box in D.C. across the Supreme Court with 30 religious denominations and saw the left messing everything up. Well-intentioned back then, it's a bunch of liberals. Liberals are fine. The, the new Marxist variety is not fine. Right. And so I asked the guy, I, I said, I think I got my new calling here, this integration between faith and politics and economics. I said, what should I do? He said, well, you better do a PhD in economics. So I stayed at American University, did a PhD in economics, worked at the World Bank and worked for the military a little bit, oh, yeah. met my wife. Moved to uh, Virginia, taught economics for 18 years, uh, worked for a state senator who set me up. There's a funny political story in there I could share later. Yeah. But any, anyway, I uh, ended up running for U.S. Congress. So I served four years in Congress out of Virginia and uh, got in on a wave. And then the, the left uh, was not happy with our, the president and uh, who I think uh, hit most of the chords right. And mm-hmm. uh, the, I, I think we're seeing it clearly right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, that he had a lot of it right. And so uh, lost, but won because I got to hang out with Liberty students all day. And it's just a <laughs> just a treat across the board. And so that's how I got here. And that's what I do. I integrate uh, business, the faith, uh, economics, public policy, uh, religion, all of it together every day. And that's I, I love the job. Oh, that's wonderful. It's very interesting. Um, yeah, we um, we have some real challenges right now in America. Um, I, I, I'm afraid, in some ways, they've been coming for a long time. Yeah, our our, our public school system, uh, many of them, not all, but many of them, have kind of a penchant towards Marxism thought or communism yeah. or yeah. or or that sort of thing. Um, or a kid is brought up by parents and and they think, oh, the world owes me everything, this this entitlement mentality. And then you open the, the, the pages of the New Testament and you see uh, the Apostle Paul telling the Christians, well, um, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. And I think, whoa. Now, that's totally different than what kids are learning today. So tell us a little bit about um, where you think the trends are right now in in education and kids growing up and and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I usually defer to people brighter than I am. There's a great book uh, on the university, uh, The Soul of the American University, by, uh, I'm going to blank on his name, but it'll come to me, but Marsden, uh, I think it's John Marsden, Notre Dame Press, and uh, the subtitle says it all, from Protestant establishment to established non-belief, mm. and so he surveys uh, all the uh, universities, and you know, Harvard uh, 
their motto in 1640 was truth for Christ and church. Oh, my. And yeah, oh, my is correct. And <laughs> so it, that, that, they were all founded as seminaries, oh, my, again. And I went to Princeton Seminary, same thing, and then, and then, uh, and then Yale and all the rest of them, and, and Stanford, Michigan, and all of them. You'd be shocked, but it, that's a good survey. And then on the Marxist piece, uh, I, I came across a good book called Race Marxism by uh, James Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, and I just finished that one, and that's a pretty good survey of how. Uh, Marxism made its way into our, our new pop culture and has overwhelmed it. Mm-hmm. And if folks don't know that it has done that, you need to read that book because uh, there's no debate in it and uh, the categories of language you use, uh, everything. And it, it, you said in the public schools, it's everywhere. It's in the public schools, it's in the state departments, it's in the universities, uh, it's everywhere. But the, it, it's basically, uh, in a nutshell, it's kind of simple without even having to explain Marxism. It's just God or no God. Yes. And it's two religions. And so Marx uh, was furious at God. And, uh, you know, see, he, he was, he's, and he's, uh, he's clearly not a classical liberal, right? I mean, no. so that's, you know, folks need to get these basic splits and ideas in their head. So Marxism uh, is, is not liberalism. Marx hated God, was shaking his fist at God. And you, you can basically just picture all the leftist movements now. Is shaking their fist at heaven and God because of God's order of things. Mm-hmm. They're not happy with God's order, and uh, you can just see the deconstruction of every single order. The the it's not just a, it's clear in public schools. There's no God. You can't mention God anymore. So they want how in the world they did that, right? And it, and they can't answer the fundamental questions. You know, even the secular questions. Why is there something instead of nothing? Mm. And they, they beg it off, right? The Hawking's and the genius physics guys, you know, that's not a serious question. That is the, that's the central philosophical question of Western philosophy, <laughs> not to mention theology, right? Why, what is being? It, that's yeah. the question. What is it to be? And so they, they sound clever. They got their French accent. It's not a serious intellectual question. And so when you hear this, it's just stupid, right? <laughs> You're just like, come on. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I read all this and studied all of it. And I've read my Marx and I read my Hegel and Feuerbach and all these guys and, and then Rousseau and the whole line of thought. Uh, but that that's the, the, the rough start of it. And I can dig into any part you're interested in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, how that um, at one point in your life, you, you did go to seminary. I yep. got an MDiv. I'm thinking you may have been headed towards pastoral-type stuff. And um, God just uh, directed your heart into this economics and interacting with kids, getting into government. Um, I think that's kind of neat because it shows that, to me, it demonstrates that um, serving Christ uh, yeah. doesn't only happen in the Sunday school class in the pulpit. Yeah. It yeah. happens in every area of life. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's right. Uh, I'm forgetting my uh, Dutchman guy, Kuiper, right? Kuiper, uh, yes. Kuiper, and he wasn't correct on everything, but he was very good on that sphere sovereignty. <laughs> and I'm a, uh, I went to Hope College. I'm a Dutchman. Oh, yes. Uh, out of Holland, Michigan. Yeah, and so that's my background. And yeah, I went to seminary with the intent. I went the academic route. I was going to be a professor of systematic theology. Okay, you kind of out of a Calvinist thing, and I went to high school in Minnesota with a bunch of Lutherans. <laughs> we call them Lutherans. 
And uh, so, you know, Luther and Calvin and all these guys, and then Reinhold Niebuhr and Carl Barton. Yeah. And so I was digging into all that hard. But but it is interesting because when you do systematic theology, right, systematic, how does the whole thing work? Uh, the the central god of our times is probably economics. Yes. Uh, or, or our children, right? We've turned our, our our children into commodities of a sort lately. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but so I, I just, I, I didn't see any discontinuity in my life. I, I thought it was one continuous thing yeah. uh, that never ended. But you're you're right, and bravo for saying that, because it, the, the folks that show up for Sunday, and I, I hang out with a bunch of CEOs, I have CEO summits and all this thing, mm-hmm. and I tell these guys, you know, you know, it's just an insult to your intelligence and to mine. You guys are sitting there doing, you know, pancake fundraisers, raising $29.95 with your value, right? Yes. What are you doing? Why don't you educate the kids with the world of knowledge you got in your head and line <laughs> up this world properly? Yes. Not only Sunday morning, but it's just incredible that even these very sophisticated people think, you know, you show up and you, you earn $29 for your church, you did your good deed for the week, and I'm checking a box. Yes. Well, what about policy now? Um, we, we know where we're at right now in America. We could probably take hours kind of de- describing that. Yeah. But yeah. if you were to catch the ear of yeah. uh, of one of our leaders, so-called leaders, many, yeah. many aren't really, but if you were to catch the ear of one of those ladies or men, uh, what would you advise them on our economics in particular? Yeah, well, I've almost given up on the policy and advising leaders. When I was in <laughs> Congress, I, I had I was on the budget committee, and it was just my own team. We had we had the House and the Senate and the White House. We did nothing. We The leaders are, are, are all captured by the money, yes. by the big money, and I think everybody knows that now. And so, you know, I, I, I don't I, I've given I want to tell the people I, if you, we don't have a spiritual reawakening, Amen. nothing's going to happen. Right. Yep. I mean, it, it's not it's a spiritual war. The Marxist thing is a spiritual war. It's not it's not economics. Marx was Marx is a naive materialist. If you look him up in a philosophy book. Mm-hmm. Right. You got the economics all wrong. So there's no policy debate. I mean, it, economics, uh, the economics profession right now is hiding under their desks. Mm-hmm. Because if they came out and told the truth, they'd be fired. Yes, and they're all lefties. They're all liberals, right? And so, yeah. but they won't even come out and talk because they got to say crazy stuff. Yeah, and and, so, and, and when you yeah. when you use the word liberals, there, um, you've used it both ways. You've used it yeah. in the sense of a classical liberal, and yeah. also now in a more of a progressive liberal. Can you explain yeah. the difference? Yeah, yeah. And so the academic the. The economists are still more uh, classical liberals because classical liberals, the word liberal comes out of liberty mm-hmm. and individual liberty. So you think of James Madison and that line of thought that comes out of the Enlightenment rationality, right? And so the Marxists, of course, want to crush uh, reason and rationality and the Enlightenment, and uh, they kind of follow Rousseau now, especially lately, Rousseau uh, with kind of the noble savage in emotion. Uh, but anyway, get back to your contrast. Yeah, so l- l- classical liberals uh, come out of the Enlightenment. You can think of uh, you know David Hume and Adam Smith and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, James Madison who wrote the Constitution, Jefferson, all kind of classical liberals, and that lasted up through about 1950 or 1960 in the universities. 
Uh, and then you got the rise of the Frankfurt School, which uh, is Marcuse oh. and all the neo-Marxists uh, who have now uh, are firmly embedded uh, in the schools. And uh, the, the, the thesis of this race Marxism, uh, it, it's the, the term race or racist isn't what you think it is. And that, that's why this book is good. They just use that. Sure. Uh, but the, the race Marxism basically is just a, a definition that allows you to say anyone opposed to our overall mission is this term. <laughs> and so if, if you look at the, you know, the recent uh, Supreme Court nominee or if you look at Ukraine policy or you look at George Soros or you look at elections or you look at uh, just any of the, the, cra- the, the, the latest swimming news, <laughs> all of that, right, if you disagree with any of that, you're on the wrong team. Oh, yeah. So there's the right team that is destroying all the institutions of the West. Uh, and then there's the right team. And if you dare to vocalize any of that, that's the new left, which is just 100 percent Marxist. Yep. But it's a neo-Marxist thing where they're putting everybody in different buckets and splitting us uh, group by group by group. And uh, most people are just naive to it or too scared to speak up. Yes. I mean, if you really got at it with the American people, they the majority would not be there in any serious way. Uh, but they are a majority there passively, and it's quite shocking. Well, today we're talking with Dr. David Bratt, and he's Dean, School of Business of Liberty University. And um, you mentioned something in your talk so far that really – really got to the core matter, and that is our spiritual well-being, our spiritual life in yep. Jesus Christ. And if we don't have that, yep. can, you, can you contrast the two, the two views from that perspective now? Yeah, well, and it's like you said, uh, you know, some people when they hear that, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, Etc. They think of the, the the warm, nice, liberal Jesus, uh, who's basically a nice ethical teacher. Yes. Right? And so even there, you got heavy uh, legwork to do in terms of the the triune God. And uh, so Jesus, everyone, you know, even the young uh, millennial evangelical, they, they say it's all about him. It's all about him in in the in the, in the young circles, and mm-hmm. uh, that's false. Uh, him said, it ain't about me. It's all about him, God the Father. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you're, you're back to, uh, for me, it, it, it's we're in, we're in a pattern of thinking of this God of the gaps, this God which must fit in somewhere, right? Well, the <laughs> God, you know, it fits in here, here. Now, in, in my view, God's sovereign over the whole shooting match. Yes. It's not, it's not God or no God. It's like the other story doesn't make any sense. The no God story can't tell you anything. They have no ethical system. They have no epistemology. They have no theory of knowledge. They have no theory of history. We own the whole shooting match. We own the history of art. We own the history of thought. We own the history of the university. We own the history of democracy and good governance. We own the history of human rights. We own the history of every single thing. So it's like when people say, you know, we, you know, explain how God fits in. God doesn't fit in. God's the author of the whole shooting <laughs> thing. And if you don't know that, you got a problem. Yeah. And so I, I get in all sorts of trouble, which is why I'm probably no longer in politics. But that's the way I see it. And that's the way I always called it. And I, I, I got into these debates with a press corps. Mm-hmm. I'd have 20, 30-year-olds around me, and I would just be lecturing them in fun. I love them. You know, I, they're all like young <laughs> students to me. 
<laughs> and I would say, well, you, clearly you know this, right? And they're like, no, not really. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, every day I have fun, but it's just torturous. Yeah, I believe it. Well, uh, the Scriptures would teach us that the triune God of the Scriptures is the foundation for all of knowledge and wisdom, yep. and yep. Uh, we really can't even think right unless he's at, at the very right. base That's of all right. things. God gave him up to an unsound mind, which yeah. is where we are right now, right? Yeah, so... What about the uh, possibility? I know you can't even list it in possibilities, but do you have any optimism at all regarding what God is going to do in the future in terms of revival and reformation? Is there any hope? Yeah, there's always hope, but we don't know the mind of God, right? So that's the that's the big trick. And then I, I got some of the young innocent types, or the you know the totally faithful that are are you know they're pure in heart, more sure. pure than I am. So I should listen to them, but I. <laughs> They, they they come to me with these lines like, don't worry, God is on his throne. I said, that's why I'm worried. Yes. Right? God is on throne, but God, his own chosen people, he threw them out in the desert for 400 years. Yes. That's a long time. I've, I've thought about that. That's a long time. That ain't a six-month little uh, bad no. negative period in your life. That's multiple generations. And so it's like if you turn your back on God, sorry, and we're clearly doing that. And so— uh, I, I still think God is with us uh, in deep ways, mm-hmm. uh, in, in community, in, in the political sphere, in, in the heart. Uh, I think God is. I, I, you know, I, I had great constituents, uh, yes. people I just loved that were just tremendous people, and so I got no doubt uh, that God is alive and well. But it, and we don't know the math. What is her remnant? I don't know. What, yeah. Where does God just say, I've had it, and uh, <laughs> right. you're, you're there? Yeah, well, that's really the best comment, because we really don't know. I mean, God yeah. is all-powerful. He's got a plan, and, uh, you know, we beg him for for uh, yeah. that, that our fellow men will, will repent of their sins, and me as well, and trust Christ fully. Um, yeah. But when that'll happen and all that, I, we have no idea. Uh, yeah. Today we're talking with Dr. David Bratt. And tell us a little bit about Liberty University, uh, David. If someone yeah. would like to attend, how would yeah. they go about doing that? Yeah, well, we're great online. We got, you know, uh, 16,000 students here on campus residentially, but then we got about another 90,000 students online. Wow. And so you can you can go online and we got what they call a DCP, a d- degree completion program. In the business school, we got 250 degrees. So mm. we got everything. You're, we got everything from sport. We got a sport whole program, sport event, tourism, management, all that kind of stuff. And then we got accounting side. Uh, and then we got the, the, the business side. And then we got computer science, IT, cyber in the business school as well. That's just our school. Yeah, but you can... Uh, the thing you got to do is parents uh, get your uh, students out here and just come visit uh, because you can say this place is unique. It's different. You wouldn't believe it. The kids here are phenomenal. Uh, once you look in their eyeballs, uh, it's more than I can tell you in words. Right. So <laughs> You just come visit. You meet our students and you see this beautiful campus and then you go look at the glossies of competing schools and see what's on the front cover of the glossy every month. And uh, if that doesn't compel you to come here, I don't know what will. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like getting too negative on the competition. Sure. But uh, 
Yeah, my, my, I'm on the third floor. I got an open door policy. Parents are always welcome. Just come out out and visit. Go on the web and just Google Liberty University and go through what, whatever you, your passion is in life. Take a look at that yeah. for a major and see what courses uh, are out there, how you should prepare uh, to do that. But uh, I, I, I think you'll love it. The, we, we, we weave the faith into every single lecture every day. Good. And it, it's not. Uh, in a fundamentalist, Pharisaic uh, model, the the kids here are positive. Yes, and uh, that's hard to do, right? Uh, sometimes religious get a little judgmental or whatever, and uh, I'm I'm just very happy. I think we got that we're weighing it on the positive side here, and the uh, the students are positive. The faculty are just servants. It's unbelievable, mm. and uh, that's what it is. And so you'll you'll come out here and you'll see it. <laughs> and uh, really brief, uh, where is the uh, where is Liberty University located? Yeah, we're uh, right, kind of uh, just right smack in the middle of uh, Virginia, Lynchburg, Virginia, Lynchburg. two hours west of uh, of Richmond City, which is the capital, mm-hmm. or an hour east of Roanoke. Okay. And, uh, yeah, or an hour west of Charlottesville, where the University of Virginia is. So we got the mountains right by us. Uh, beautiful setup. And uh, it's been a nice uh, escape from the swamp for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, um, to wrap it up, um, we have uh, a lot of challenges in front of us here as a nation. A couple of the biggest issues and your thoughts about them. What pops into your mind right just off the top of your head? Well, I mean, I... Uh, if I'm going to tell people what to focus on, I mean, first get reading, read the Bible. Yes. Then read some theology, read some theology to guide you in how to read the Bible. Get the smart people who have led uh, people in the past who are good, mm-hmm. and uh, and then uh, you know after the faith, then it's China is the one word answer to everything. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, and so just learn everything you can there, because uh, that's the next big piece on the chessboard. I'll often tell people, um, we love the Chinese people, we don't love the Chinese Communist Party. Yep. No, and that's exactly right. And it's it's kind of funny, we get used to thinking, the Chinese people would love to be Confucian, right? The Chinese culture is Confucius and some Buddhism thrown in there, and some other stuff, right? And Confucian is, you know, basic ethical thought. You can get along good with Confucian people who follow yeah. rules, honor their <laughs> elders, and you know, have a sense of peace. And and so you're right. It's the CCP, and Xi Jinping is in in a world of trouble. Uh, he he is taking out the billionaire class right now. He's mm-hmm. taking out Tencent and Alibaba, and he's got this three red line policy in the real estate markets. Uh, where he's deleveraging, which is a good thing to do, but he's going to pay a price for that. So he's, if you Google it, it's called Xi Jinping thought. And so he is rearticulating Mao and bringing everybody back to real Marxism, which levels the wealth and doesn't allow wealth accumulation, along with Confucian thought. Yes. And so uh, he's going to do that, uh, but he just learned a lesson that the West is more unified than he thought. (laughs) And so he thinks he's going to be independent, you know, maybe and and try to try to uh, build uh, some sense of of a way where he can get by without the West in the years to come. But that that upon inspection of Russia right now 
uh, which is just decimated. They just it's going to take them ten years to get back to normal. Oh yeah. And so China, but on the other hand, I'll just give people a little hint as to what's coming. Uh, China ha- has a fifty-year plan, and in twenty forty-nine uh, is their hundred hundred anniversary of China. And by twenty forty-nine, they want Taiwan back. Period. Oh yeah. And they don't, they don't care about wealth or all the variables you care about. You know, having a car and material goods. The CCP doesn't. The people would love to have a nice life. Sure. But the CCP wants that. And they learn from Tiananmen, it takes about 20 years for people to lose their memory. And so oh. if you do the math on that, 2050 minus 20 years is 2030. So they have to have Taiwan by about 2030. And so just start reading on that, and you'll yep. learn. And just read links, right, from one article to the next article. Uh, there, there's a great book called Deceiving the Sky. You should read on China by Bill Gertz. He's one of the best, most honest guys you'll find. Uh, there's a guy named uh, General Robert Spaulding, who's got a great book called Stealth War. And then read the Chinese themselves back in 1999. I think there was a paper called uh, Unlimited Warfare by two uh, unrestricted warfare mm. uh, by two uh, Chinese colonels who have since become generals. And they declared war on us back then, uh, not kinetic, but cyber economic and ideological war, period. Yes. And uh, after you read that, there'll be no doubt in your mind that we are already at war and have been for 20 years. And our elites have yep. just uh, sold the country uh, for, uh, for, uh, for a dollar. It's, it's yeah. incredible. I used to li- work for a large corporation. I was amazed how much uh, technology we were um, basically giving to China. And I'm thinking yep. something doesn't make sense here. Hey, we're out of time. Uh, yep. Dr. David Bratt has been our guest today from Liberty University. And David, if someone wants to look you up or online, uh, how would they go about doing that? Yep, I'm the dean at Liberty University. My email is dabrat, B-R-A-T. Don't add another T. I'm the real McCoy <laughs> at, at liberty.edu. Or I'm hip enough for you young people, Dubrat, D-A-B-R-A-T, Dubrat, at liberty.edu. <laughs> Well, it's been a lot of fun. I I really thank you for your time, and uh, God bless you. Keep up the good work. Dr. Bratt, thank you for joining us. Yeah, Dan, you're a a pleasure. I can can see why you're so good at what you do and why people love you on the air. Your (laughs) your intellect is right on, and your heart, I can tell, is huge. So keep doing what you do. God bless you. Praise God. Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.